0: Welcome to Embrace Your Brain's exciting new series called Embracing the Mature Mind. Join Dr. D Coulter as she explores the natural brilliance awaiting us all in the upper decades. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, grace and a fresh question. So I'd like to add a few more tidbits to our growing collection of puzzles about what is grace and how can we manifest it, especially in the upper decades, but it ought to be one of our qualities, all right. And then after that, I want to ask a question that is on my mind and describes what my mind has been like this week. When it comes to grace, I can think of two special people in my life who have stopped my breath. One of them works construction, and he's been my savior for many years. He'll fix this and fix that and I used to have some rental property, and he would rescue me out of that all the time. And he was good at everything and quick and strong. But every now and then, he would do some drywall. And that seems like a perfectly ordinary thing to do, but not when you saw Pedro do it. He all of a sudden, it was as if he was a dancer. His arms would swirl and move back and forth really quickly because it dries fast. It's really quite an art. And he was magnificent at it. But he was in a different zone. He was not talkative and energetic and just do it. He went into another zone where he just was an artist. And you couldn't really put anything else on your mind when you're watching him. It just took your breath away. And another time, which was rather comical, I had been doing stuff with Waldorf education and I had a friend who was major teacher in the Montessori movement and I was busy telling her that, you know, Waldorf has a lot of ceremonial activities and, and Montessori doesn't have any ceremonial activities. But I couldn't finish my sentence because she was pouring tea for us. And she wasn't just pouring it absent mindedly like I might. She was doing it like you would in Montessori. It's an undivided focus. It's a meditative practice. And there you have it. Snack time was ceremonial. The way they taught children how to do things, it was with that same stopped, undivided attention, full of grace. And then the third piece that I could offer has to do with watching birds and fish and Deer, when they, when they gather as a single mind and swarm or flock or race away, again, it stops you because their mind is more collective. It's not this, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. There's just a single mind that lifted off of the trees and swarmed away. I have a friend now that, that took grace a lot farther, and she lives a great deal. She embodies grace, I would say. So when I asked her about it, and I forgot to ask if I could give permission for her name, so I won't, but I can tell you what she wrote. She said, for her, grace becomes a stream that flows through me, a stream that I can access at all times. It isn't what happens to me that turns my life upside down. It's how I deal with it, how I make sense of it, grace or flow must be what connects me to all of life, that deep river that thro- flows through all of us. So that's today's contributions to grace. It is a mystery. It's an incredible trait to cultivate and to appreciate and to realize that in our older years, we are manifesting it in many ways. You know, how we make biscuits maybe or how we sweep or how we file something away, when we do it with utter mastery and we're in a zone, we're manifesting grace everywhere we go. So it is a gift and we offer it out. So here's my other question, totally unrelated to that. Have you ever had days, I bet you have, when you're walking around and someone says, what are you thinking? And, and you have to say, nothing. Well now there are several kinds of nothing. There's the nothing that kicks in when you're supposed to write some stupid paper on a topic you could care less about. And there's this blank page, and someone says, what's on your mind? And you say, nothing, because there really is nothing coming up on this topic. And sometimes we get that feeling if we have to write notes, or it's our turn to correspond with somebody, and we know we should write that letter today, or send that email today. And yet, nothing comes to mind because it's not even incubating. There's nothing really back there. But I'm looking more at the kind of day where you can't give your undivided attention to what you're doing, because part of your mind is really busy either constructing or even tearing down and deconstructing some pattern. It might be a pattern you had that has to be revisited because it's not like that anymore and you have to let go of something. Or it's a pattern that's wanting to show itself, but it's in the early stages. And so you know your mind is busy and you can't give your undivided attention to stuff in the outside world. So that's the day when you better do really dumb mechanical things. You can empty the dishwasher. You can go get the groceries if it's on a list. You can do a few things, but you're not good for much. And you can have a whole day where not much is happening. But if you try to do something important, you're likely to make mistakes and forget important parts because your mind is only half there, we'd say. So it could end up then, it's one of those days that is kind of like a gray day. What did you do today? Nothing. I didn't get anything accomplished. But I kind of think those weird waiting gray days are important if the idea that's percolating back there is ever going to show up. If all we do is brush it aside and ram ourselves through the day and insist on trying to pay all of our attention to the outside world, when all this is kind of going on back there, it's just going to give up on us. So I think sometimes I have to create an invitation day, which sometimes doesn't work either. But what I want to do is invite this, whatever it is, to come together. I'd like to organize some of these strangely unnamed pieces. And I want to move toward an aha, where I see a pattern. So if I could just get the name of one of the little pieces that my mind seems to be futzing with, I could play with it. And if I get that, I know it's only a small part of whatever's going on back there, but I've got that one word, that one thing about not right, not right, What's well, not right? And I'd repeat it a lot. I'd get a rhythm for it even. And I'd see if it bubbled up and made something else happen. And then every now and then I'd back off and I'd have some more stillness. So I could listen to nothing but listen and wait and see if another piece came up. So I, now I had two that I could futz with and rhythmically explore. Now, if it's an ordinary, moderate-sized pattern, that might do it. I might get the pattern in an hour or two, or certainly by the end of the day. But if it's really shocking my system, if it's going to make me rethink a lot of stuff, I could have nothing happen that day either. And what I would have to do instead, I could tell that I'm not going to get anywhere with language yet. I would find a way to spend the entire day rhythmically. I'd try to take a walk. I might rake the corral. I might shovel, um, sweep, house cleaning. You can do a lot of house cleaning in a very rhythmic way. But that's what I'd do. I'd have a day that was utterly mindless, rhythmic movement. And then I'd try again. Okay, now can I invite you up? And maybe it would come together. Some of those ideas that are the best of all require a staggering amount of waiting. And that waiting means... Not getting frustrated, not feeling confused, just feeling the sense of ambiguity that tells you, you know, if you hang in there with it, there's going to be this cool aha eventually. I mean, that's what I'm aware of with my mind. I'm just wondering, does that ring a bell at all? Do you do anything like that? How do you bring forth new insights that go against your logic You wouldn't have come up with it in plain, common-sense thinking, but when you do come up with it, it changes most everything you've been looking at lately. So I'd love to get some impressions from you as to whether this is even vaguely familiar to you. Okay. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Bye-bye. It'll be two weeks, and we'll get back together. I really hope you'll join me in this important conversation. Please send your comments for sharing to d at embraceyourbrain.com. I look forward to hearing from you.